Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Ruben Garagosian. Ruben is a teaching professional with Weber University. He's also with the Kegel Training Center. You can find out more about him by going to kegeltrainingcenter.com. Ruben Timberg and Coach K. Steve Klemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Um, thank you for having me here. All right. Well, Ruben, you are with Weber International with uh, along with Coach Dell Warren and Randy Stoughton. So talk about what your role is with the team and how you're able to help both the men and women's team out. Uh, yes, I've been involved with um, assisting the coaches. Uh, so has uh, we have another assistant coach, uh, Rick Wilty, as well. And uh, basically, the um, people in charge of the ladies' program would be Randy and Dell with the men. And I do jump back and forth mostly on preparation and um, uh, regular, you know, physical everyday uh, work with Randy. Uh, needs me to do something for them, or when he suggests that we need to do some specific um, adjustment, and I try to help that way. But most of the time, I'm more involved with the men's team than I do with the ladies. And um, part of my work is, um, again, assist Dell and work with the team in, in different areas. We do jump back and forth. Dell also does some of that work. And uh, we've been uh, very good. We trust each other in, um, you know, what we want to see in our players. Uh, not necessarily we do the same things and we see it the same way in the sense of how to get there. But we do have a very clear um, notion of what we want to have accomplished at the end of the day. So uh, in that regard, we, we never have short circuits anywhere. Well, I had the uh, pleasure of being down there in Baton Rouge not too long ago when your when your men's team won the uh, team championship tournament, and it was quite impressive. It was a real demanding uh, lane condition. You know, the scores didn't definitely did not seem really high, uh, but you guys no, were able to to work together and, and bring that team title home, and you beat a bunch of very very good uh, other teams uh, along the way. So why don't you just just talk to us for a little bit and tell us about. Uh, what you feel, you know, what do you attribute the success to uh, for being able to win that team championship this year? Uh, well, I certainly will try to do that. Um, there are a lot of thoughts in my mind, and I'll try to, uh, you know, to get too long, but try to give you a picture of what goes through my mind now after all this happened. Um, you know, you you have been a very successful bowler yourself and, and also a coach. I've seen you internationally. That's where we encountered themselves in the past, uh, working for different national teams. So you, you've been very successful on both ends of the floor. So you understand exactly the things I'm talking about. And, and the first thing uh, that comes to my mind is the, uh, the effort of the players and the, um, the success has to be put in the hands of the players. At the end, they are the ones who have to throw the ball. Uh, however, us as coaches, we do have an important role. And um, in, in this um, success story really comes uh, a few years back. It goes a few years back because, as you know, nothing happens overnight. 
and there are a lot of uh, there is a lot of effort into everyday training. There is a lot of effort into getting prepared. Uh, a lot of effort into you know having put yourself in the position over and over, and that's what you're trying to do. Give yourself chances. Sometimes it comes through. Sometimes you can't. And but that's the essence of the game, isn't it? And uh, and what happens is uh, last year, for example, we had a team that was um, a very good team. I thought it was very, very well prepared like we were this year. Now, my friend Sid Allen always tells me that, you know, success is with preparation meets opportunity. Uh, I keep saying, and, and we kept talking about this all year, which is last year we were prepared. We were a very good team. We did not seem to have the opportunity right in front of us, and so we just couldn't win. We, we lost to um, McHenry. Uh, who ended up winning the tournament. And, you know, they're, they're a great team. They're a great uh, group of kids. Um, and, and they actually outballed us, in, in my opinion, last year. Not that we were better, not that, you know, anything was different in our preparation. It's just that at that point where it was, you know, you or me, uh, they actually they actually bowled very well and they deserved uh, what happened. So this year wasn't much different. Um, we were extremely prepared. We did our due diligence. We did everything we needed to do. And we thought that we were extremely prepared, not only mentally, physically. We thought we had the right equipment for what we thought it, it was going to happen. Now, my really biggest um, thought, really, is that um, the kids, the players, uh, don't really understand what the coaches do most of the year. They think it's just about, you know, where the ball and, you know, what to do physically and how do you get you better. Uh, part of our success really is that the fact that our players do improve very quickly and, and, and a lot. And that's because, you know, we do train at the best facility in the world, in my opinion. And, you know, we have a lot of knowledge in that building all the way from, you know, the people with the oily machines and the oil and the cleaners, and we know a lot about ball reaction, and we, we really cover everything that's related to bowling in that building. So there, there are a lot of people other than just the coaches and the players that are part of the success story of what just happened. So, and we do have to thank everybody for it. But my biggest um, element in this area is that what the coach's primary need is, is to worry. I believe that the key to being you know, successful as a coach is to worry. And, the, and what I'm saying is not to worry about what is going to happen, but worry about being prepared for everything that can happen. What you don't want to do uh, as a coach is be in a position where something happens and now you have to be reactive because you didn't think that could happen. And so you start making, you know, quick um, um, decisions and then you end up, you know, sometimes making the wrong decisions. So what Dale does probably better than anybody else in college bowling is to worry. That would be my, my, my first, uh, you know, thought, which is he worries about everything that could happen. And I, and I learned this from, from Sid as well, uh, who... You know, you you want as a player to be reactive and to be on the instinctive, creative side of your bowling. However, as a coach, you really have to be looking at, you know, something is going to go wrong at some point. 
what can go wrong? What can it be? And so we prepare. So when that happens, we have a plan. So worrying allows you to be, you know, to be present to things that are going to go wrong at some point because nobody goes through uh, a tournament where everything goes perfect from A to Z. So if you worry enough and then if you actually make a plan for everything that can happen, um, you know, uh, you have a better chance. What happened in this particular event is that the lane condition was quite demanding and um, we knew that the scores were not going to be very high. So we developed a plan to how to attack the lanes. It's not about playing defense or offense. It's about taking what the lane gives you in, in attacking mode. But attacking mode doesn't mean that you always have to bowl with the big balls. It just means that you have to exactly understand to what extent the lane allows you to do something, and then you go ahead and, and try to execute based on that. We had three people that actually had, um, you know, words given to them during the year. Now, at some point during the tournament, one, two, or even three of them were not on the lineup for our team, mm. which speaks about not only the fact that we have a deep team and we have uh, a, a, a group of guys that could come in and out, also that we actually went ahead and did it and that those people were ready to, to you know, perform when their name was called. But also talks a little bit about our emphasis in team play into the fact that we did not shake at all. We did not hesitate at all when we had to make those calls. And you have to have uh, confidence in your, in your players and you have to actually have confidence in your own work to the fact that if we put the right ball in their hands and we put it in the right place, those people did not go to Baton Rouge for a holiday trip. They actually all win the ball and all they had to. And, and I thought that was probably what makes this story, you know, most fun for us because the whole work, everything that happened throughout the year, it came up together this year. We were as prepared as we were last year, but this year the opportunity just presented in, for, in front of us and we were able to grab it and run with it. And I can, I can tell you too, from watching there and seeing you guys bowl and seeing the emotion on the show, I mean, you know, you've got uh, just watching, you know, whether it was Matt or Aaron or, or Nate or, you know, the reactions and, and really even seeing like, uh, you know, Coach Del Warren, seeing the emotion at the end uh, when you guys had won. I mean, it, it definitely was not a vacation. That's absolutely, I, no, I, I definitely it, it saw wasn't. that. Quite honestly, I, I'm going to have to wait till uh, May 30th to be able to, to see these live because, you know, you're in the moment and you're in what's taking place and you don't really have um, the the time to savor it because you just don't know what's going to happen at the time. So I know this is going to be quite fun for us to watch after the result because now we're going to be able to see what happened. You know, you just mentioned Matt, for example, um, the first day uh, on qualifying, uh, he did not have a good look. He probably didn't bowl very much at all in the first 24 games. He probably bowled like, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm just going to give a number, five or six games. That's pretty much it. He didn't have a look. We came back. We, we made some modifications to his equipment. He had a better look, but he still wasn't good enough. So he, again, did not bowl very much. And then when, when matches started, he ended up being our anchor man. So he, he went all the way from not playing to being in the, you know, in the, in the fifth position 
And, you know, he threw so many great shots under pressure. That match mm. that we had against Wichita was unbelievable. Um, wow. He went down to the wire, as he usually does. And, you know, he had to throw two in the 10th. And that's the, that's the conclusion, the short story. But, you know, uh, he was in the position. Great story. I don't know if I should tell you this, but, you know, he, we, we had in the huddle. We were, we were down um, two games, and then we had to come back. And when we actually won that sixth game to go into the seventh game, uh, we were in the huddle, and, and Matt just got everybody together and said, give me a, t- a chance in the tenth, and we're going to the TV show. That's, those were his words prior to the last game. Wow. Somehow, you know, history, you know, life puts you in these positions sometimes. And, um, yeah. and he had to throw two in the tenth. Um, um, Wesley uh, threw a pretty good shot in the tenth frame, also left the sixth eight. And so, but Matt, you know, threw two in the tenth, and we ended up winning. So, yeah. you know, there's so many stories to this that uh, it's unbelievable. And, and, you know, how he did not end up being the MVP, I don't know, but. Um, it was it was truly a team effort, and really, I you know it starts with with Dale. You know, I, w- I was going to say the coaching staff, but I don't want to put myself in it. I, I thought that um, Dale was definitely the driven force and, and the brain of that team, and uh, and he deserves as much of the credit as any other kids. So we talk about when you're coaching the men versus coaching the women. Get into that and how you're able to approach each each of them a little bit independently and different and how, what differences you use in your kind of philosophy when it comes to coaching one of the young ladies versus one of the young men that you have? Oh, there's a, a lot of difference. I, you know, I was very fortunate to have worked a lot in, in Asia in the past at national teams, Venezuela and in other, other places, but, um, you know, Latvia and, um, Hong Kong and, Indonesia and so on in Singapore, but I worked with Sid Allen for a long time and, and I learned, you know, bunches from him. I, I think he's amazing and he's, in my opinion, probably the best coach I've worked with for sure. And, um, and one of the things that I learned is that women and men have different needs and, and men definitely need affirmation and women need attention. So you have to be able to give your athlete what, they need. Now, affirmation doesn't mean to lie to them and tell them that they're great. It just means that you have to reaffirm them that they, after they're worked and they're ready, they're good enough to do this. And you have to a little bit of boost their ego also just to make sure that they can perform that way. Now, women, they do need something different and, and you need to be able to give them this. Now, people in general think that the the, the women are the, the weak of the gender. And I can tell you that is no way nearly the truth. Women can actually take truth a lot better than men. Okay. And you can actually get on their case and you can actually push them a little bit and they will actually respond uh, sometimes much better than men can. So to me, what I learned is that uh, every, every category of people, every Every person needs a little bit different. And the, the success from the coaching staff is to be able to give your athletes what they need. Some of them have to be in their head. Some of them have to be in their hand with equipment. And some, for some, it has to be about their 
their physical world, but everybody needs something different. And what you need to do to be successful is to be able to, to evaluate what that is and being able to provide that to the player. Because ultimately, Steve, that's our job. Our job is to give the player the tools to be able to perform at whatever level. I mean, mentally or, or physical uh, or tactical or, or technical or whatever it is. And sometimes with coaches, we get stuck into, you know, you got to do it this way and my way and whatever. And my needs sometimes are more important than yours. And then there is a short circuit over there and teams don't perform the way they should. So um, being able to recognize those issues, I think is extremely important in coaching general. Yeah, there, uh, you know, there, there's definitely a, a, an aspect of that. You know, in a recent uh, podcast that we actually uh, that we just had with Sydney Brummett, who she won the uh, intercollegiate singles yes. championship Wonderful down there in Baton Rouge. She's a wonderful bowler, very talented, and we actually were talking with that in terms of what type of coaching assistance she was looking for and what she got from Coach Lewis uh, when she was, you know, earning that title down there as well. Hey, hey, Ruben, you had also, uh, you know, you, you have uh, some mechanical engineering uh, background from uh, from USC, I believe it is. Or so, how do you, or how have you been able to use that and apply the uh, engineering uh, principles that you learned there uh, to bowling? I, I that's a, a really good question, and, and you know, when I, I finally I put that to use in the right way. <laughs> My, my <laughs> parents probably, when they helped me to go through school, they didn't expect me to be a bowling coach, uh, but uh, it helped me a lot. You know, my, my heart has always been in bowling, and I've always had this need to coach and teach, even when I was a very young man and, and you know, in the youth rankings or whatever, and we would go practice with, you know, some of the adults, and I would look for things and try to help them physically and so on, because back when I bowled, uh, you did. We didn't really have coaches, so you you help each other. You know, you had a group of people that that bowled together, and then uh, you know you you help your friends. You learn from the better ones, and and so the ones that had some more experience would give you hints and and tips and so on. And then you would go out and bowl and try to gather a bunch of tricks. That's what we did, just to collect tricks to the point that you know that's why experience was so important back then, is because. You know, you couldn't collect tricks unless you actually went out and did it. So um, in today's environment, it's quite different. But um, my engineering background is, I think, is very important now because when I started working and developing um, manuals for youth development programs and for uh, the things that I've done mostly in Asia and some places in Europe with SID, um, to look at a system per se, which is the, the bowler and the ball moving at different times in different directions and at different speeds at times, I look at systems are a stick figure kind of thing, and I mm. kind of developed a, an understanding to how, you know, timing works to, in relationship to uh, footwork spacing, for example, or to weight transfer and how the the best way to move from start to finish is in order to create the right look on the lane. And then, you know, one of the things we were able to do, I think successfully, and um, we've continued to do this at Kegel as well, is the fact that we, we don't, we're not looking at the game from, you know, from the stance to the foul line and which we call that a, a technical. And then we go into tactical, which is, 
how to make the ball do something. We actually uh, move the other way around from the pins this way. And so we understand now that, or at least our philosophy is that the physical, you know, getting to the foul line is an extension of the needs of the tactical game. So mm. when you understand what the ball needs to do, then you have to put your body in a position that allows that to take place in a better manner. It doesn't mean that just because you set up some, somehow you're going to end up with what you want, but it puts your body in a better position. So my technical uh, or scientific background kind of helped me to understand how these things kind of work. And then we had to do a lot of observation and research and so on to end up with some of the things that we have. And, and we, as I say, we, we, I talk about Sid and I, and also at Kegel and the coaches, we feel that we've made a big stride into making the game easier to understand, easier to, to follow. And quite honestly, uh, I, I really believe that when you come to our program, you physically end up better, faster than in some other places, just because the amount of information and knowledge that's just in our building is quite remarkable. Yeah, speaking of that, you know, um, you guys have some great stuff that you're helping folks out during the summer. You have some junior gold prep uh, for the junior gold coming up. You guys have some camps you guys are doing down there at the Kegel Training Center. If you if you wouldn't mind, can you kind of expo- expand a little bit on those and maybe what some of your roles are at, uh, you know, the junior gold prep clinic and some of the coaches' workshops and all that sort of stuff and how you'll be a part of those? Yes, yes, I will be. Uh, some of the events I won't be able to because, as you know, summer – is a very, very busy time of the year, mostly for kids because of their, you know, uh, school um, vacations and so on. But also because internationally there are a lot of events, and to some of those events I need to be away from from Kegel and, and, and working, you know, these other, you know, these other uh, venues. But um, uh, we are uh, involved with KIPS, which is the Kegel Youth, um, uh, point system and we have scholarships and we have a, a lot of invested time more than anything into the kids and one of the things that we're very proud of also is the fact that we take a lot of people that are from the school programs and the college programs and they come to Kegel in the summertime where they're not at uh, you know competed anymore in the regular school year and, and work with us and, and, and train with us and and really good players. And uh, we've had, uh, you know, as, as if you look at the webpage and so on for, for KTC, for KegelTrainingCenter.com, um, we always have, you know, professionals coming in and out. We have a lot of ladies that have been in our program that are on the PWBA tour, and they come into practice. We have a lot of kids that are from Florida and around Florida that when they come to their, you know, when they go back to their hometowns, they come to visit and they train and, you know, um, you know, gray names. Uh, and I don't want to exclude anybody. That's why I'm not naming them. But we do this on yearly basis, you know. And, um, and when what happens is we, we like to get, for some of the camps that we're doing, we like to invite coaches, um, high school coaches, college coaches, people who want to develop programs for colleges, we really can help them do that, and we, we do that normally. So um, we have three or four major camps. So some are in December, some are in the, during the vacation time, like holidays in the summertime. And, um, and we have, we use all our resources. We use, 
you know, JJ and his, uh, you know, he's got a lot of knowledge and information about ray plane and transition and, and how uh, patterns develop and how different oils do different things. So learning about these things when you are in competition mode is extremely important. So, um, so we have that and we have the chemists that work with the oils and we have the guys that do the machines and, and, you know, and, and Brandy and Dale who have been involved with, um, designing and development of bowling balls and, and lane plays. And, you know, Dale again is also one of the uh, assistant coaches for team USA officially. So, mm-hmm. you know, as, again, we have so much stuff going on on everyday basis that, uh, it's very difficult when you are in that environment not to be, feel energized, not to feel like you're making a difference. So we actually feed off each other, and there's a lot of energy in the building all the time. We always have PBA members coming in and out, and, and that makes it fun. So when you're having fun doing what you're doing, it's a lot easier to make a good job. Well, awesome stuff there, Coach Ruben. Well, thank you so much for joining uh, joining Tim and and, and myself here on the uh, Storm Collegiate Spotlight, and uh, congratulations ag- again on the win. It's fantastic, and uh, congratulations to Weber University and all the great stuff you and Kegel and, and Coach Dell and Coach Randy do for bowling. We, uh, I think the bowling community really benefits a lot from your guys' passion and your dedication, so thank you so much. I appreciate the call, and uh, anytime you need us for anything, we'll be more than uh, happy to, to assist in anything we can.